Hi there, and welcome to Fantasy Focus Baseball. It's a beautiful Wednesday afternoon, September 9th, 2020. You'll hear this on Thursday. That's Tristan H. Cockcroft. He wins all his fantasy leagues, regardless of what sport it is. Kyle Soppy researches and produces our show literally in his spare time. And I am Eric Carabell, just trying to avoid banishment to the alternative site. Tristan, how are you today? <laughs> Doing all right, avoiding banishment from it. But I'll tell you, I think my fantasy teams are doing better than my real team, the New York uh, Even Stevens. <laughs> we might want to discuss those Yankees uh, on today's show. We, we might. have a show we in might. a little while. Uh, so, uh, the Yankees haven't won a whole lot since our last show. You think it's us? I don't know if it's us. <laughs> it's been going on for quite a while. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, let's, you know what, let's, we have so, so much to get to in so little time. So let's get to the Yankees. I wrote about it on Wednesday and um, I'm sure you read it. I think the first thing you do every morning, Tristan, is read my work. Is it not? Or is it like the second thing you do after like it's brush your second. teeth? Or breakfast? Oh okay. no, forget brushing teeth. Now breakfast, actually the coffee is important. So yeah, you're, you're third. First would be the forecaster update, then coffee, then the Carabelle column. Then maybe I'll get around to brushing my teeth. You know, I mean, we are way down the road. We we are well socks, yeah. You know, I'm telling you, no socks today. That's for sure. No socks. Never made it. Nope. Never made it. (laughs) All right. Um. Whatever. I so TMI. I know. Yeah, and we don't need to see you put your foot up on this squad cast either. So we see your empty foot. Like I don't need to see that. Um. I haven't seen anyway. Whatever. Just talk about your Yankees. They probably will make the playoffs, but. I think it'd be good for baseball if they don't, frankly, because people just assume that every good team this season is going to make it. And if the, the Astros have to, that's different. But because second place in the AOS, but like if Baltimore were to beat out the Yankees, I would laugh out loud. I'm sure you wouldn't be too happy. But how about if, how about if Detroit beat out the Yankees? That's a possibility as well. Well, Detroit did really well in that Wednesday afternoon game. There's that's 15 nothing oh, yeah. as we're speaking. Um, so from a fantasy aspect, who are the players that are responsible for them losing 15 out of 20 games? I wrote that it was Gary Sanchez, Glaber Torres, and middle relief. But maybe you have another point here. That affects fantasy. We don't need to go too deep onto Chad Green or anything. But Yeah, at different times, it's been different players among the ones you had said. I'd say that lately, Sanchez's struggles have contributed quite a great deal. I mean, the fact that Eric Kratz and Kyle Higashioka are getting starts and actually performing a little bit at times and opening some eyes tells you quite a bit. Araldus Chapman at closer, he does not look like his normal self. And I do have to wonder whether the delayed start to the season could have something to do with that. He doesn't look like he has location. Zach Britton, who had filled in for him, doesn't look like he has had location since he's returned from the IL himself. Relief has been a major problem for the Yankees. And of course, that influences the starters because you're blowing leads, giving away the wins. Jay Happ threw a great game on uh, Tuesday night. Didn't matter. Um, let me ask you this from a fantasy aspect. Obviously, nobody's – well, I, I haven't seen a lot of people dropping Gary Sanchez in their leagues, although they, they really ought to consider doing so. Uh, I would not tell anybody to drop Glaber Torres. But with Gary Sanchez, in the final two weeks of a season, Tristan, of a, of a two-month season, can you make up ground in batting average, in ERA, in whip? Obviously, every stolen base and save matters, but – does every 0 for 4 matter? Does every ERA game where Matthew Boyd gets hammered matter? Would you drop Gary Sanchez? 
Well, in a traditional year, it probably wouldn't matter. You've had so much volume over the 162 game per team schedule, 183 day usually schedule, that it's not going to make much of a difference in the final two weeks. But in this year, where we have less volume, less in the tank already, it's going to have a much more profound impact. And I do anticipate, as I see in a lot of my leagues right now, that leagues are going to be decided based on an unexpected 0 for 4 or 0 for 5 terrible performance on the last day in point leagues, 0 for 5, 4 strikeout games. Would I cut Sanchez? Probably not just because there aren't an awful lot of other catchers out there who get the playing time and provide the power potential that he does. But you ha- have a very valid point here that on a per game basis, he's got a lot of downside. And if you need to protect batting average, you might need to go in another direction and get a guy who's just not going to hurt you. Where will you rank Gary Sanchez next year among catchers? He, I, don't know how, I don't understand how he can be in your top five anymore. Give me the five ahead of him. I mean, can we get a for sure five ahead of him? Because I, I guess think my point close. would be, Tristan, I mean, you can't project him to bat higher than 220 next year. Real Muto, Grandal, Contreras, and you're right. After that, I can't find too many other catchers. But I don't want to deal with the catch. Carver, healthy, I think, probably. Anyway, that's enough of him. I, I, I'm not going to put him. Will Smith I'd rather have next year. Christian Vasquez hitting for average. I. You can't you can't stomach a guy batting 210, 220. I mean, that's like his baseline now. Anyway, Glaber Torres. I wrote today that I think you have to take Xander Bogarts over Glaber Torres in next year's drafts. And I didn't really think about it a whole lot when I wrote it. But is that crazy? I mean, I think we did this year anyway, but it was close. Basically, Bogarts, Baez, Machado, and Torres all went in the same region. And then there was a huge drop-off. Does Torres belong to be in that region anymore? I think he still does based on age. I'll forgive him a little bit about injuries influencing the numbers adversely this year, and there should be some bounce back from that next year. But you're right. He he belongs in this tier, and he's probably going to be on the lower end of it. Bogart's definitely ahead of him. Bogart's has earned our trust, and I, I'm a little surprised that people weren't more on board this year. You and I ranked him very well, and I don't think that the you know the fantasy community really drafted him quite at that. that. Are you worried about Glaber Torres? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, Because other than Baltimore, he's a 260 hitter who slugs 400 in his career, other than Baltimore. Now, he still gets to face them next year, but anyway. Nine times, which is out of 162, not a whole lot. If you think that Clint Frazier is getting 600 plate appearances next season, either for the Yankees or another club, can he be a top 20 fantasy outfielder? I think he could. Yeah. If we're going to lock him in, I think he, he certainly could. Uh, I would actually be more concerned about him staying healthy enough to do it than having a team committed to him playing that often, however. So in other words, even if he's traded or the Yankees clear an outfield spot for him, I'm not so sure he gets there based on staying healthy. Okay. So your, your concern about him is not at the plate. It's him getting to the plate enough. Um, Garrett Cole, does he concern you? It's a lot of home runs, but I wrote it's kind of like Verlander-ish. He gives up a lot of solo home runs, a lot of strikeouts, but his ERA is inflated. Would you rank, right now, for next season, would you rank Garrett Cole the number one starting pitcher based on what you've seen in six weeks? Probably. It's difficult to do it today based on where Cole is and based on what, for example, Shane Bieber is doing and knowing that, well, I mean, the, the league difference doesn't matter anymore. I can't even make you the case that DeGrom is an automatic ahead of him. 
Uh, my theory and Cole, and I am asked this a lot by Yankee fan friends, is I think he is simply adapting to the new ballpark. If you watch him pitch, he gets aggravated, especially after home runs. He seems surprised by them. I think that is all part of the natural process of adapting to the new ballpark, which has a much more home run friendly swing for left-handed hitters. And once he gets through that, once he gets used to it, and he deals with the fact his ERA is always going to be around three and not 225 or 250, I think he's going to return to the A status for fantasy. So I'd rank him that way today. DeGrom, Cole, Bieber in the 12 to 16 region, I think is what I'm feeling right now. In that order, DeGrom, Cole, Bieber. Second round. Do you, and I would say, there's a good for you. There's a good chance that those could all mix up between now and next opening day. Correct? They're like they're a tier of their own. Clearly, they're, that's the tier. Scherzer's out. Sales out. Um, you know, I'm trying to. Verlander is out. Older now. That's an injury like Scherzer last year. I would think though. Um, yes, that's the top tier. And and what's going to change in the next two two weeks? There's only two weeks left of the season. They have what three starts left? Four. I I think. Um, you know. If Bieber gets lit once, is that going to make me get him out of the tier? No. I mean, he's having a a magical strikeout season like Cole did last year. Here's what could change. Cole is the most likely of the three to go deepest into the postseason based on most people's predictions. So we might I don't think so anymore. I Look, I am as concerned as anybody that the Yankees aren't going anywhere in October, and that's if they even get there. But my point being, based on the projections and predictions, if people have the Yankees going a couple and maybe you know all the way to the World Series in this postseason, we're going to see more Cole, and he could get through these issues, and then he is number one for you. Let's look at the most added list and drop list, mostly the added list. Uh, the most added player is Victor Reyes of Detroit, a most added uh, hitter. Um, Ryan Mountcastle. Baltimore. Baltimore's been hot the last week or so. Randy Arozarena of Tampa Bay. He's got four homers in the last week. Um, I would take Arozarena over Mountcastle, but is Arozarena becoming um, a top 50 outfitter? Is he somebody like, is he becoming Clint Fraser, somebody we have to add? Uh, yeah, I th- uh, yeah, you'd have to add him for this year. I I do have some doubts about him over a full 162 next season. I think there's going to be some hot cold for him in that first full year. Uh, drop list has guys who are basically out for the season. It's a shame. Teoscar Hernandez of the Blue Jays was actually the number two hitter for the season on the player radar at outfield. Number two after Mookie Betts. But he's probably done now. Ninth overall, too. I mean, a top 10 player overall in the player. I, I don't think people realize what Teoscar Hernandez was doing because he was still available in a lot of leagues. Yeah. Uh, drop Eric Hosmer, even if he comes back in a week. Moreland will play first. Drop Jorge Soler. He hit the DL with an oblique strain. Next year, I think he could hit 40 homers, but he might hit 240. Um, wow, Jesse Winker's being dropped after that. It's like this, it, it, it changes so quickly in this, in this shortened season, man. That's amazing to me. Jesse Winker was homering every day, and now he's in the most dropless. Corbin Burns, most added pitcher. Tristan McKenzie. I wonder uh, why Burns Bard. is the most added pitcher. <laughs> well, what Corbin Burns did today, uh, Wednesday afternoon is it's pretty a gem. cool. Yeah, he's been great. Um, let's see. I didn't see an update. So it's now 19 to nothing. My goodness. Uh, Burns struck out 11 with nary a walk, seven innings, one hit against Detroit. And we say, oh, it's Detroit. Detroit's only a game out of the playoffs, people. Yes, it's Detroit, but still. Corbin Burns is finally getting it. Uh, Tristan McKenzie keeps pitching well for Cleveland. Uh, Daniel Bard is still Colorado's closer. Jeremy Jeffress still the Cubs' closer. 
These are the most added guys. Tony Gonsolin is there as well. Um, what else do we need to discuss off the top? Let's see here. Hosmer. You know, I didn't realize Eric Hosmer was the number four first baseman on the full season player radar when he foolishly fractured his finger bunting. Stop bunting. Honestly. Uh, but, <laughs> good advice. You know, Very I mean, it's all, nine out of ten times you see a bunt, it's unneeded. Now, if, if you're Bryce Harper and you bunt down the third baseline for a hit, okay. If you're bunting in the tenth inning because the guy's on second with nobody out, okay. But if you're bent, the, the the way Hosmer did it was just not smart. I And I don't even endorse necessarily the automatic bunt to start the 10th inning. Now, if the first guy walks or reaches base, you have first, second, then I could go with the bunt. Or if the hitter can't handle the bat, okay. But this is what I mean. We're nitpicking the very, very, very specific times that you should be bunting in any situation. If it's the top of the 10th, you don't bunt. If it's the bottom of the 10th and that team hadn't scored in the top, then I can see a bunt. It also depends who's on Situational. second. It's situational. <laughs> If Tyler Flowers is on second base, I maybe I don't bunt, but a single doesn't score him. If Billy Hamilton, who's somehow still in baseball, is on second, then you know let him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, isn't that amazing? That yeah. they, that if Billy Hamilton on second, swing away. I don't care who it is. Oh. It's amazing to me that another team picked up Billy Hamilton and thinks that it makes sense and traded but, for him. It wasn't waivers. Good for Dave. You know what? If you think good for you, people. Um, I wrote about Zach Gallen, top 20 starting pitcher next season. Doesn't he have to be at this point? Yeah, I mean, th- what amazes me is that was the first game in which he had given up more than three earned runs. <laughs> That's unbelievable. In his career. I mean, Not this I know. season, his career. There's a reason I guessed him as the answer to the trivia question the other day, and it's because I knew he had been really good. I didn't realize that that string of keep of run suppression had been that lengthy. He is a very good extremely high floor young franchise caliber keeper pitcher look you remember when i took shane bieber in our in our dynasty sim league and you thought who is that i took him with a late draft pick and i said look at his walk and strikeout numbers in the minors wasn't throwing 95 but and then you know i didn't think he would be this but with zach allen with zach plesak it's not only about guys like Michael Kopeck and Nate Pearson who throw 100 miles an hour. If a guy gets outs consistently in the minors, we're not talking about Randy Dobnak. We're talking about guys, you know, Playsack was good in the minors, and so was Gowan. But nobody paid attention because they weren't throwing all that hard. Are you paying attention now? Oh, yeah. Yes. Well, the other thing, too, with Bieber, and, uh, and people should keep an eye on this, I'm always on, uh, on board with players who have great minor league stats who have shown it with performance, even if they're not ranked all that high. And in his case, it was the control. You yeah. brought that to my attention, the level of control with which Shane Bieber had in the minors. This is a guy who was teetering on the brink of 1% of the batters he faced would walk. I mean, that's that's just nuts. Um, let's move it along now. It's time for some combo meals. You want to sing it, buddy? Hey, it's a combo meal. Do, 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 do. Combo. Combo. Do, 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 do. It's a combo meal. Home run plus steal. All right. And since our last show, <laughs> we've got, um, looks like a bunch of them. Shin Su Chu, who I think is hurt now. Anderson Tejada, who is still bang in up, baseball. I think he, Jose I don't think Ramirez. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jose Peraza. Starling Marte. Oh, our old good old buddy, Adalberto Mondesi, who had his first home run on Monday and stole a base in that game. And uh, my good buddy, D.D. Gregorius, who's really having a nice season after what is a bad season last year. D.D.'s going to make money this offseason. Three-year deal, lots of $60 million. He's going to get his contract. Come back. Welcome back. 
Come back, Didi. You know what? The Yankees could get Didi. They could get JT Real Muto. The Phillies haven't signed either one long term. Um, I'd love to see Didi back in New York. I, I don't know if is, is now the time where we go into an outer bunch of Mondesi deep dive because I was thinking of writing about this and I just don't want to be negative. I mean, I only have so many baseball columns left, so I want them to be positive. But four walks, 50 strikeouts. Don't be sad. But he's batting 201. How about a 226 on base percentage? And he's still leading in the league in steals. And caught. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, that's unbelievable. This He's is... not going to be a major leaguer in two years if he has a 226 on base percentage. Nothing new to me. This is this is quintessential at Alberto Mondesi. It's a very high ceiling and an extremely steep floor that includes a demotion of the minors. He has 43 walks in his career in 1,104 plate appearances. And, and, and you and I brought up this point that People are getting on, uh, you know, really getting on him for the slump this year. We've reminded about the injury history he's had at the major league level, and adding that on top of this, the wide ranges of outcomes. I'm that's why I'm a no. Where are you going to rank him next year, though? Because if you say name a player who can steal 50 bases in 2021, uh, Trey Turner and Adalberto Mondesi are the only guys I would mention. Yeah, that Mondesi is a guy who I throw shortstop 12. I did it this year. I will probably do it next year. I might talk myself down a couple of notches. I might be on board with getting him. If, if I mean, if people are ranking him 20th among shortstops, as you said, he's, he does get you steals in the leagues in which I need those. So in other words, not my points leagues. I might sign right. up. This is Roto only. In a points league, you don't want Adelbert Armandesi at all. Um, in a Roto league next season, though, you got to, I think, right around pick 100. But I'm not going to get him. I don't want that. I, would, I don't want to deal would, with this. He's not a top 100 player. He is if he steals 50 bases, Tristan, even if he bats 230. Was Malik a top 100 player last year? I know the Mondesi has considered On the Raider, he probably now. was. On the player Raider, I bet Malik was. Were you drafting him top 100? Because you weren't. No. No. I, I don't want anybody like point. that. I don't know how. This I don't is my know point. How... Alberto Mondesi is unrankable. It's not fair for somebody to ask us to rank Alberto Mondesi. Either you're comfortable with taking the risk for the steals, or you do not want him. And I lean on that side. Well, he still is a, two, a career 240 hitter, and he did hit 14 home runs in half of 2018. So there's something there. I just I don't want to deal with it. Um, anyway, those are the combo meals. Let's now d- take on the ninth inning save guys. It's the closer carousel. Sing it. All right. That'll, d- that'll do it. Uh- <laughs> That's all I got for closers. I just like that song. I do too. Um, Daniel Bard keeps getting the job done. Right? I mean, he's he's fine. Yep. What a great story. And and what a reminder to stop drafting closers high. I'm not saying we, we could have foreseen this coming, but this is a guy who couldn't stop walking people last time he was in the majors. And now, you know what? He's not a 350 ERA, not awesome, but when he walked two in his last Rockies the pitcher. Rockies, that's all that is. It's a Rockies pitcher. But, you know, he's been fine at home this season, fine on the road. Numbers are about the same. I just I think it's a great story. I love it. Um, if I told you that Daniel Bard is still a closer in February for the Rockies, where would you rank him among closers? Say he finishes this season the way he's doing now. Do you, do you consider ranking a Rocky closer top 10? Now, is you're asking me among the 30 closers, among all relief pitchers, what, what's the angle there? I'm saying when you do your rankings for 2021, 
So are you going to rank Daniel – relief pitchers, are you going to rank Daniel Bard in the top 15? No, 25. Even if Colorado says he's our closer and he had a good year this year. Yep, absolutely. But I remember, I also put the weight on the Nick Anderson types. The guys who are next year's Nick Anderson, I'm always going to give a premium to those because in our game, you can extract the most value out of those players. If you wanted to, to be among the top 30 closers, to put them in the upper half – I might be persuaded. I do th- actually think that the back end top 10 of close or the back end 10 closers in MLB next year are going to deservedly rank behind Daniel Bard. Tony Watson appears to be San Francisco's closer, two saves in the past week, uh, having a nice season, one run in 14 innings, only two walks. He's striking people out. I uh, haven't been in a labor and uh, that's my only save guy now that Lugo's in the rotation. Tony Watson, how about that? He's a guy – I don't want to say you can trust him for the final two weeks, but if you need every last save, I mean, Tony Watson, Johan Ramirez, Richard Rodriguez, um, these guys are getting oh, saves. Oh, no way, Rodriguez. You're not going for Rodriguez, though, are you? I'm just saying if you need every last save, Richard yeah. Rodriguez is every last save. Watson, by the way, I, I will I, – I do think they are still a committee – but Watson's the guy to have, and it's not really that close. Um, I mean, if you tell who's Arizona manager Tori Lavulo says Kevin Ginkle is his closer, uh, even though his numbers are atrocious. So Ginkle got two chances, blew the first, converted the second. Right. So look, if you need every last save, I mean, our job here is to tell you now. I'd rather roster James Karinchak, and I'd rather roster. You know, I'm trying to think of a setup man who's good. I mean. Archie Bradley, even if he's not getting saves, uh, you know, Will Smith without saves. I'd rather do that than Kevin Ginkle. But if you need the saves in a roto, De- you know, Devin Williams is probably gone in your roto league. So, yeah, yeah. Indeed. That's the point. Yeah. All right. Um, anything else in the closer? Any, any other closer carousel stuff? Johan Ramirez appears to be Seattle's guy. So, yes. Consider that. Yep. Um, that was one of my labor ads for the week. <laughs> it was him and Jonathan VR. Uh, let's bring up Toronto and Detroit just Ugh. as a quick hit. So Toronto, I think it's Rafael Dolis now, but Ken Giles could come off the injury list on Thursday, today. He, uh, he indeed is due back at some point before the weekend concludes. So exactly what happens with the Blue Jays bullpen down the road. He's the closer. He, he will close until he gets hurt again. Um, Detroit, it doesn't look like it's Gregory Soto now, right? Is it Brian Garcia? Is, is it Cisnero who got lit up in a, a, you know, in a game the other day where he was, it wasn't a save situation? I don't know what Detroit's doing. It certainly wasn't a safe chance on Wednesday. Right. Is, is Detroit worth any consideration at all is my point here. Well, my, my, look, we're talking two different things. In a road, look, in NL labor, one save could decide the title. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I have a mixed league where every, where it was like five teams are tied for first and saves. The saves are going to matter. If I think Detroit's next save or their leading save guy the final two weeks is Gregory Soto, but I don't know that for sure. I would agree with you. If I have to pick one, it's going to be Soto. All right. Um, now let's take a look at the schedule here ever so briefly and look at the games for Thursday and beyond. And we start with uh, – what are we going to start with here? Anything that's on our network. ESPN Plus has the uh, – the battle for the wild card between the Yankees and the Orioles. Garrett Cole hosting Keegan Aiken. My mm-hmm. goodness. He pitched well um, against the Yankees, by the way, in his debut. Well, look. This no, is not no, that's, sorry. That was Dean Kramer. That was Dean Kramer. That was a different guy. That was, yeah. Dean uh, Kramer. Dean Kramer, who is, um, uh, is, is from Israel. 
Um, I did not know until I read that. Um, so obviously you're using Cole in every outing. Look, we're not saying Garrett Cole's been bad, but I don't think he's in the top 10 on the player rater for the season. Let me just confirm this. I could be wrong. Um, he might be number three. No, he's outside the top 10. How about that? Because the ERA, he's number 16. He's behind Dallas Keuchel and Denelson Lamette and Dylan Bundy. Who would have called that? He's behind <laughs> my man Marco Gonzalez, who I know nobody yeah. likes except me. Uh, what are you waiting for? Look, Marco Gonzalez in the 2021 rankings, I know you're not going to rank him. I'm going to rank Marco Gonzalez in the top 60 starting pitchers. I, I have a hunch I'm going to rank him. I, I'm pretty pretty I mean, sure. I don't know what, what more do you need to see. It's been, I, since the start of 2019, he wins games. He goes deep in the games. A 380 ERA is not Garrett Cole, but it's it's fine. I'm going to promise gonna you it. I literally will rank him because I rank every player for a game. But Okay, top 60 starting top, pitchers. Top How many? 60. I think he'll be in my top 60. That's a really low bar to set. Like, Why are you acting so strange? I mean, you do not like him. So easy. No, it's always about the context. Where are we putting him? Are you on board with him as being a top 30 fantasy starter? No. Is he better than Zach Wheeler yet? No, no, no. Wheeler started to strike out people again. Uh, I mean, nobody's saying that. I'm saying at the back end of a rotation in a mixed league, you could do worse than this guy. He doesn't get lit. Mm-hmm. My point. Um, all right, anyway. Who's pitching? Uh, so that's uh, Thursday. There's day games, so please uh, get your rod lineups in early. Jack Flaherty and Tarek Scooball. How about that? Jose Urquidy is pitching. That is second outing. Um, that would be, yes. A sleeper of mine for this season who I dropped in all my leagues. Um, and, and you're not starting him at Oakland. No. I, uh, I gave up on Austin Voth of the Nationals. I had to. He's been bad. <laughs> Awful. I was really hoping there was something there. He's been bad. I mean, I have a shot to win NL Labor. And so, I, you know what I did? I spent $100 on Mike Clevenger, my entire budget. The only player I added the entire season. Yeah. Nice work. So wow. Steve Gardner had 101, and I thought, I'm sure he's going to get him. And I didn't bother to text him to say, look, this is what I'm doing. I don't care what you do. But I, 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 I kind of need Clevenger because I had Robbie Rayitis. But the point is, like, I didn't have any injuries. I haven't had any injuries in that league, so I had never signed anybody. I couldn't I couldn't sign Mitch Moreland. I had nowhere to put him. I, I couldn't sign any pitchers. I had nowhere to put them. I had a $0 Kyle Freeland active the whole time. I had another $0. Zach Davies at 0 I had to leave him active. Wow, so he's been amazing, too. Anyway, I probably won't win, but anyway, I got Clevenger. Who hasn't so, been great? So Steve at 101, who did he buy? Uh, he spent like 75 of it on Austin Nola. And he, he might have bought something else. I, I had already traded Robbie Ray for Yadier Molina in that league. So you um, and I in both of the labors had the second largest fab budgets. And we got the prized player ahead of the one who had the most. Because well, I should have had the most. I didn't, I didn't throw back my $4 Scott Oberg. I, no, if I had, point, I would have just spent $102 on Clevenger. My point being, it's interesting that in both leagues, at least in my estimation, the top targets, Clevenger and VR, well, in the leagues. Because they're not, not the top target. It's depending on need. Maybe the other guy didn't yeah. need starting pitching, and I that's did. That's why I was curious. That, but that's a strategic angle I think it's worth bringing up. So I mean, the, the fact is, I'm already winning home runs in RBI in that league, so adding Mitch Moreland didn't make any sense. What I really needed was a stolen base guy. Nobody's trading. And I tried – people laughed at me when I tried to trade for Jonathan Villar and John Birdie. The, the, the managers of those teams were like, what are you kidding? So I, and, so I couldn't even get them. Um, so I had nowhere – I would have been dropping Harrison Bader, who's terrible, but I need every last stolen base he might steal more than I need an RBI from Mitch Moreland in that league. So that's yep. why I did it. Um, anyway, 
looking at the schedule for Friday. Um, who is ESPN Plus has Johnny Cueto and Garrett Richards. I guess we're not going to see Mackenzie Gore, you know, which is fine. Padres are going to make the playoffs as the number as the second place team in the NL West. I think right now, last I saw, they'd match up with the Phillies. Um, Mackenzie Gore next year. Where do you rank Mackenzie Gore next year, Tristan? I mean, would you rank Mackenzie Gore over Marco Gonzalez next year? It's tough to without a promise rotation spot, but I, I kind of wanted to tell you, yeah, I'll do that. I think that's fair. I still think Gore's going to be great, even though they didn't use him this year. I don't know for what reason. But. You know what? I'll, I'll throw 50 as the starting pitcher number for the two as a starting point. They both probably inch a little ahead of that. It's going to be hard to do starting pitcher rankings because, I mean, there's Michael Kopech. Where does he go? Mackenzie Gore, Nate Pearson, Spencer Howard. These are guys we all think are going to be really good. Can you rank any of them in the top 50? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't think I, I don't think I can because yeah. the 40s is still going to be some decent starting pitchers that you can trust, right? I mean, when you consider the guys coming back from injuries who need to have reasonable rankings, yeah, it's going to deepen out. Like right now, it's a little bit easier to rank from 35 to 50 than I think it will be off season for 2021. I mean, here are the starting some starting pitchers that in ESPN average live drafts went after the top 40. Okay, so. Dylan Bundy, Zach Wheeler, Mike Soroka, Julio Urias, Zach Gallen. I mean, these guys all went outside the top 40. Now, they should have gone inside. You know, obviously, some of those guys, Lance McCullers has blown up. Corey Kluber blew up. Um, But the point is, like, those are in, like, the 35 to 45 range now. Kenta Maeda, Hyunjin Ryu. You You can't put any of these rookies ahead of those guys. So we're talking, like, the 50s for these rookies, Gore. Howard, Pearson, Kopech. It's going to be interesting. Oh, I didn't ask you about Max Freed. That's an injury that happened recently. We don't think that's going to be too long. In fact, in um, in NL Labor, uh, Steve traded away Yelich for Freed and a hitter. And I thought, and because he, he needed the hitter. He, that's how he chose to go about his roster, mm-hmm. as opposed to spending on Clevenger. And then Freed goes on the injury list like the next day. Um, tough break there. Max Fried, are you concerned? Would you drop Max Fried, or you got to keep him rostered, don't you? I would try to keep him rostered. I think that based on the th- three IL spots, you should be able to do that till he comes back. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, all right, let's keep looking at the schedule here for some starting pitcher help. Um, Saturday, uh, that's when Dean Kramer faces Jordan Montgomery. Um, Ian Anderson did not look good in his last outing, couldn't put the ball where he wanted. I don't think you have to use him at Washington. Um, you can if you want. Yeah. Just I'd avoid him. I'd avoid that one if I could. Um, Keiko apparently is healthy at home against Detroit. I think he used him there. Um, yeah. Wow, as long that's as a good one. For it. World Series rematch, Houston, L.A., Framber Valdez, and Tony Gonsolin. Yeah. I, I think you can ask the question, which would you rather have for this outing? Valdez has been great. Yeah. Valdez has been... Hmm. He's earned your trust more, but a road game against the Dodgers. Yeah. I'll probably go Gonsolin. Well, yeah. I don't, hmm. You probably end up starting both. I would probably give Gonsolin a slight edge. I would probably give Gonsolin the edge, although the Astros do have Bregman back. But um, the, the point here is that Valdez is much more likely to go six innings than Gonsolin. Gonsolin's not going mm-hmm. six. He's mm-hmm. going three and a third. He can't win this game. Three and a third. You know what? I changed my yeah. mind. Then it's because Valdez. Gonsolin- yeah. <laughs> it's got to be Valdez because t- they're not going to let Tony Gonsolin get the win, even if it's five to nothing in the fifth inning. They're just not. Fair point. Yeah. 
which point. stinks, but that's the Dodger way, and you can't really question it. I mean, they haven't won a World Series since we were kids, but the regular season, they do well. So, well, <laughs> You're I'm motivating not be, them. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just making a point. Um, Sunday Night Baseball on ESPN is uh, the next game in that series. It's Christian Javier, who's also been very good for Houston, against Julio Orias, who frankly has been a bit disappointing. I expected more out of Orias. I, I really thought this was a top 40 starting pitcher in fantasy, and the issue here is he's inefficiency. That's why he's not going deep into these games. And also, I guess more hittable than I thought. It's a hit per inning, which isn't awful. He's getting he's missing bats. He hasn't lost a game. I just thought he'd be better. Did you think Julio Arias would be better? Oh, I absolutely did. I ranked him as such. Uh, I'm not surprised by the workload that they have been dishing out to him. You know what's what's really weird? Strange fact for Julio Arias. He is the only Dodgers pitcher who, at least among starters, they had an opener who fit this made a start on less than five days rest. He's the only guy all year who's thrown on regular rest the entire year for them. He did it in his last start, and it was one of the worst starts he's had for the year uh, against the Rockies in a home game. I want to rank Orius in the top 30 starting pitchers next year, but I can't. I can't do it. Yeah, what are the innings? Give me the innings projection. How can we go over 175? Yeah, and even that might be aggressive. That seems awfully generous there because of the Dodger way. Yeah. They're messing up fantasy. Um, by the way, the Phillies and the Marlins are playing a seven-game series this weekend. Is that right? Yeah. A seven-game series. It's five, ga- five days. It's Thursday, doubleheader Friday, game Saturday, doubleheader Sunday, game Monday, correct? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's how so, they're making up for the early uh, season games postponed by COVID-19. So, I mean, if you're trying to get a, you know, a step up in your daily leagues, I mean, Phil Gosselin's going to play, you know, going to get 30 at-bats this weekend, you know? like He's not going to play I, every single game, though. Um, well, he might, you know? I mean, he's been the DH right fielder, and not just against lefties. I'm just using him as an example. The point is that, like, you're getting extra playing time because of these silly double – I mean, silly. They had to do it. These double headers, and I hope nobody gets hurt, you know? I, I don't know who's going to, you know, pitch a relief for these teams, but <laughs> – it's it hasn't really ruined some of the other teams that have had to lean heavily on doubleheaders. I mean, the Cardinals nobody has really had to play a seven-game series in five days. Nobody, pretty sure. About I'd that. have to look at the Cardinals. They were close in one of the stretches. They've got a bunch coming up. Um, anyway, Is that's that the your one schedule. This week? Yeah, yeah. Oh, and oh, I guess we need to do uh, we need to do Monday as well. Do you- I want, I want to ask you about the Phillies because the hook for this is, do you think the starters are asked to go longer and does that make them more interesting? The first I thought of was Trevor Rogers, how he's pitched so far. I think maybe, well, Phillies bullpen is still terrible. Um, no, I, I don't, I mean, Zach Wheeler got pulled after 83 pitches the other day. So Girardi's trying to win every game. He's taking a long-term view as well, but he also has 11 relievers in that bullpen. So he's just going to have to trust somebody like Jojo Romero to save a game this weekend. So, no, I don't think Nola, Wheeler – I mean, Zach Eflin, I, he doesn't get it. I don't know what it is. I mean, they were blasting home runs off him yesterday. They should have swept Boston. Um, mm-hmm. So, no, I don't think it matters. Um, I, I don't want to say that, that the starters go longer for either team. Okay. Miami has plenty of relievers as well. And for remember, every time there's a doubleheader, you get an extra guy there too. And it's always going to be a relief pitcher. So, at least this weekend it will be. Or, um, or I, maybe the starting pitcher. <laughs> 
or maybe the starting uh, Monday. He has been plus as uh, it says here, Michael Pineda and Dane Dunning. That's a night game. The first game on Monday, 410, although you're listening to this. The next show will not be until we're going to record it Monday uh, afternoon or night for Tuesday. So we'll go Tuesday, Thursday for the final two weeks of the season because that's basically what we have to do now that football has started. Football uh, does it all. Um, anyway, that is your schedule. Um, let me ask you a couple more names here. Chris Bryant of the Cubs. Do you keep him, at, keep him rostered or no? Because this is not I getting would. better. I- yeah, I I would. I'm not excited to do so. Okay, well, those are two different things. I mean, in a standard mixed league, a 10-team league, where you can pick up Ryan Mountcastle or Heimer Candelario, I have no confidence that Chris Bryant is going to hit the final two weeks. Something's wrong with his arm, his wrist, his hand. Yeah, I'm just having a hard, a hard time making the case for Candelario over Chris Bryant. Well, I know Candelaria has had a pretty decent three hundred. Yeah, it's still it's not a sample that I'm putting a lot of trust. All in. right, Brad Miller over Chris Bryant, the final two. Brad weeks. Miller, yeah, but Brad Miller shouldn't be out there. Well, in ESPN leagues, he is. He's available in seventy-seven <laughs> percent. So there you go. Let's remedy that. <laughs> I don't know. Let's bring Kyle back in now. He's got trivia and hash browns. Kyle, you're smiling as always. Good luck to your Raptors. Oh, yeah. Even though everybody listening already knows what they did. Um, on Wednesday night, what do you got for trivia? Trivia, we've got Tim Anderson. I, I'm fascinated by Tim Anderson, so he's got to be the trivia. He's pacing toward what would be a second straight season with at least 17 homers, 17 steals, and a 330 batting average. Forget the consecutive seasons part. I want you to name for me the four players since 1950 to have multiple seasons like that on their resume. Doesn't have to be back-to-back seasons, just multiple seasons like that. 17, 17, and 330. 17, 17, 330. Okay. No. How many players? <laughs> Four. Four. I'm looking for four. I don't think I can. You can that. name They're not crazy names. Okay. All right. Okay. Um, well, we'll get to the hash browns first. We'll come back to trivia. Rosario wants to know if he can officially wave Mad Bum in Dynasty Leagues. Yeah. 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 <laughs> So much confidence. I, well, look, he's, <laughs> he's shown the biggest I mean, Mad Bum fan. <laughs> that's not true. I, I, I yeah, value you are. I value consistency and and reliability. And until a month ago, I was getting that out of Madison Bumgarner. Obviously, he had a couple injuries, but they weren't arm related. So now, no, now I don't. Fair. I, I know. I know you can't stand him. It's not that I can't stand it. I'm not. I'm not willing to pay the premium, and in any sort of dynasty but, league, no way. I'll say this: if you if you're going to rank Marco Gonzalez number sixty next year with a three eighty ERA, can't Madison Bumgarner do that next year? Yeah, he could, and he'll probably be in about the same tier. The fifties. The uh, yeah, I mean Madison, the number forty. Five starting pitcher that might be too generous for Bumgarner next year. He's going to be I, a I nice think, uh, bargain. I think the problem here is that there's just not an awful lot of upside, even in the redraft leagues, in anything keeper dynasty related. It might be near the end. I mean, he could be entering that that Felix Hernandez esque late career. You know, just just pitches innings for a team. I like that call. Okay. 
All right, Joe added Sixto Sanchez and Michael Pineda for the stretch run. He wants to know who you like more moving forward and if both are viable in a standard league. Oh, that's got to be Sixto Sanchez. I, I I mean, I know you're a fan of Pineda, but you wouldn't take him over Sixto Sanchez these final two weeks or next season. No way. Yeah, I mean, I, I could make you the case if not for the fact that Sanchez is highly likely to start at least as many games as Pineda. I mean, the Marlins have a lot of games to make up. And Sanchez is going to be in there for a good number of them. They'll probably start an equal number, and he's got the ballpark. I mean, that Marlins, you know, granted, I know they played fewer games, but by, they've by far allowed the fewest homers in that ballpark of anyone in baseball this year. Is Sixto Sanchez overrating himself for 2021? Yes. Because if he, if he keeps doing this, Tristan, there's going to be calls to rank him among the top 20 starting pitchers, which I can't do. Yep. But he's giving up nothing. He looks amazing. So, like, where are we going to rank him next year? Twenty five? Like, where? Like, where? What are we going to do? I, yeah, I'm glad you brought up that point because that does concern me. He's going to be reaching starts. What would that be? Eight to eight to forty of his big league career next year. That's when the rest of the league is going to catch up, especially with a winter's worth of reviewing film on him. So I love him now because he's taking everybody by surprise, and I don't think that's going to change. But next year, he'll probably be ranked 28th and be horribly overrated for redraft leagues. I don't know if ranking 28th overrates him. I do. You're, you're, I mean, look, he was dominant in the minors. I, I have a durability question with him. And the fact that he's made four starts, 25 strikeouts, two walks, I, I think people are going to draft him better than the number 28 starter. I think ranking him 28 is actually fair. I, but but you said exactly the point, the durability question. I, I mean, do you really see him getting to 30-plus starts and 180-plus innings next year? Yeah, but he's, I'm the not pitcher sure. version, he's the pitcher version this year of Fernando Tatis, Tristan. If Tatis proves over this 60-game period that he's out there every day and Sixto Sanchez does the same thing, then we're talking about durability concerns with people who may not have a durability concern. That's my yeah. concern with doing that. It's it's worlds different for hitter versus pitcher, though. Of course it is, but I, I, then I'm going to rank Sixto above you next season because I I Where, love him. Give me your number. Give me your number. I, for, did, I don't 28. think it's You think it's 28 for you? That right now, if you're ranking for 2021, he's your 28th starter. I think even that is pushing it. I mean, I'm trying to think here. Who went in that? Sonny Gray. He was a borderline top 20. Trevor Bauer was borderline top 20. He's not up there. I'm not putting him ahead of Luis Castillo, but or Jose Barrios versus Sixto Sanchez. That's going to be a tough one next year if, if Barrios doesn't pitch better. Barrios um, has really dropped into the 30s, though, based on the performance this year. So who's in your 20s? Oh, Who? Gallon. You were talking about Zach Gallon earlier. How that's not Gallon. Yeah, I would take Gallon. Uh, Denelson Lamette. Lamette over Sanchez. Kyle Hendricks. I see your. Good name to pick there. Yeah, that's Zach Wheeler. I'd, I'd have to dive into that one. Zach Wheeler would probably still be ahead of Sanchez, but that's getting close too. I'm just. I think when you actually do your rankings for next year, you're going to find that Sixto breaks into your top thirty. But maybe not. That that that's. You know what? That's a that was a good topic that we had on today's show. We don't often have them, but that makes that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> We try every once in a while. We find uh, what what is that that find the the acorn thing? No, I think that I think that turned into. <laughs> I didn't expect Kyle that to be a, a point of conversation today, but I think it became like a pretty good one to watch. 
I like it. I like it. Sixto, name to watch out. Last question for today. Bruce wants to know what's your long-term value analysis on Dansby Swanson. <laughs> All you, Eric. Come on. He's your boy. <laughs> he is my boy. And, and, uh, and by the way, he looks great this season, Tristan. Hitting for average. He looks like um, a guy who hits 20 home runs and steals 15 bases next year. The key is, does he bat second or sixth? And Ozzy Albies hasn't been playing, although he came back today. So, I, I Swanson underachieved his first couple seasons in the majors. And I think what we're seeing in him this year is legit. But next year, 18 to 20 homers, 15 steals, 280. But it's either 100 runs or 75, depending on where he hits. So, it's hard to, to know. I am not sold on the casual glance at his numbers. Exit velocity is down. Nothing in the batted ball metrics are suggesting improvements. He's missing noticeably more often when he swings. Ground ball rate's about the same as it's always been. So I'm, I'm kind what, of what I like, and, and it is, it is an elevated Babbitt. But look at his splits. When a right-handed batter, okay. Is, has a 903 OPS against righties, and for some reason a, a sub 500 OPS against lefties, which is all bad luck. Mm-hmm. That tells me a little bit too. If it was reversed and he wasn't hitting same side pitching, then I'd be concerned. But hey, that all said, I don't know if Swanson breaks into my top 150 next year. I feel like he's like a mid round pick. Is he top 15 at shortstop? Do you think for you? Um, I would take him over Mondesi, <laughs> but. I don't know. I'd have to, I mean, that, who would they that have to be, that's going to be a dicey choice for people next year, whether to take Dansby Swanson or Adalberto Mondesi. I'm telling you right now, next year, that's going to be a tough choice for people. I think it is like, because Corey Seager is over, overrating himself with his short season play. So he's going to go way too high next year. He's a guy who doesn't steal bases, um, durability. Um, Swanson is probably like round 12 to 15, but he's ahead of Paul DeYoung, ahead of Elvis, ahead of Segura. Man, shortstop doesn't like Tim Anderson has to go in the top 75 next year because he's doing this again, right? Yeah, Tim Anderson uh, has to you do gotta, that. Yeah, I mean, two years of doing what he is doing does. Like he's, he's beating the Babip gods for the second year in a row, which will get back to our trivia question now because I'm still a little, I'm still a little. I don't know. I'm surprised by your dismissal of Corey Seager. I, I am. I, He'll be I top think, 100, but not top 50. Oh, I think he's rightfully top 100. And oh, I, give me, I agree. Give me all your shares. Thank you very much. You're mis- don't misunderstand me. I said I'm not ranking him top 50. He'll be okay. in like round seven or eight. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, and this is probably for an- an- another show, but we could spend 20 minutes on this topic, but. There are players that are overrating themselves for next year, like Sixto, and players that are underrating themselves will, that will be great bargains next year. Not Bumgarner, but a guy who should have been really good this year and yeah. isn't. And I'm trying to think off the top of my head who that might be. But you know Actually, what I'm saying. While you, while you look, I'll tell you this. We could do an entire show on the impact of the shortened season on drafting plans for next year because the sample size being produced this year is going to adversely impact our planning next year. There are going to be people who put too much weight in it or not enough, and how you balance that is going to be pretty important. 
I mean, Eddie Martinez goes in round eight next year, and he should go in round four. I mean, it's going to be something like that. Mm-hmm. All right, what was the trivia question, Kyle? I like that. We're going to have that conversation on Monday night. Um, <laughs> all right. So Tim Anderson is pacing toward a second straight 17 home run, 17 steal, 330 batting average season. Who are the only four players since 1950 to have two such seasons on their resume? And the, the 330 part is incredible. Yeah. That's the tough That's the tough because, because Mike Trout has never hit 330 in a season. So Tim Anderson, greater than, greater than, greater than Mike Trout. Is that what you're saying? Well, by, <laughs> by, the, by that metric, of course. So I can't oh, be anybody, no. it can't be anybody active. Well, the first I thought it was Larry Walker. Larry Walker, incorrect, one active player. There's an active player that hit 330 twice and had at least 17 and 17. Oh, my God. Who could that be? Yeah, I'm trying to think of the 17 steals. I couldn't come up with it off the top of my head. I looked it up, and I was very angry. Kyle, I'll give you a guess, too. Guess, too, is Derek Jeter. Derek Jeter did, obviously not active, but Derek Jeter is one of the four, and in my opinion, the hardest to get. Really? Oh, Mookie? Okay. Is, it, is Mookie the active player? Not Mookie. Not Mookie. He's a little shorter than yeah, Mookie. Yeah, he was like 320. So, wait, he was a little shorter than Mookie, huh? Jose oh, Altuve. Altuve. Jose Altuve. There we go. It's a height clue. It's always got to be Altuve. Or yeah, Judge. I love that picture with Judge versus Altuve. <laughs> All right, so you've got two out of four. I need two more. Both played in the NL. Both played in the NL. Hmm. Okay. Uh... Well, again, hitting three thirty, man, that is that is tough. Um, and stealing the bases, um, I'm going to say Tim Raines. Tim Raines, incorrect. One is in my fantasy lifetime. One is not. One is in your fantasy lifetime. One is not. Okay, so that's yeah, that's where the Walker man, thing he, had come from. Hmm. He is better than you are at trivia. I got to tell you, that is a heck of a trivia question. Ouch. Better at finding trivia. <laughs> I would never do these. <laughs> I mean, that I is, have some good ones sometimes. That oh, is man. a world class trivia question that I'm not going to get without hints. No, is, let's think. Let's think. Let's think. Uh, we've got an outfielder and a middle infielder. Craig Biggio. I mean, the, the 330 is, I... Yeah, like I'm thinking of guys like Barry Larkin and Biggio and... Um, well, uh, I believe this guy won a batting crown one of the years, and he got a necklace with the batting average on it. He got a necklace with the batting average on it. The number. I just remember the pictures all over the place. What, Rod Carew? <laughs> nope. That's way too old for a bling like this. Oh, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness, that's that's a tough one. Well, I mean, I'll say the outfielder is Kirby Puckett. Nope, you're right though that the outfielder is the older player. Okay, so an older, and it's it's not Tony Gwynn. All timer, all timer. No, didn't hit enough home. Not enough. Yeah, but Gwynn hit seventeen a couple times. I'm sure. Yeah, but in a year where he also did it with the other two numbers, that's the tough. Yeah. Wow. This is, yeah. This is surprising. Really. Well, the the necklace clue I thought would have given it away, but maybe that's just me. But uh, and the Parker. younger, I'm sorry, Dave Parker. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, big name. Oh, I think geez. necklace. I think Dave Parker. 
Oh, jeez. Oh, oh, uh, no, he didn't hit hot front. I was going to say Robbie Alomar, but thats I didn't think he hit for that high an average. This is fascinating to me because Eric's gotten left-handed pitchers from 1962 that threw innings left-handed. See, he but... did better at guessing at my trivia. So, well, you know, yeah. Wait, you're saying all-timers. Like, I'm trying to think who ran because, like, that's the category that people, you know, the stolen bases. I mean, Barry Bonds? Nope. But right idea. My wife doesn't know anything about baseball, but she would know this name. It's not Willie Mays, is it? Willie Mays. Oh, I, is you one. know, that's the first guy I thought of. I'm like, nah, he probably didn't. Uh, probably didn't. He ran. Now, now, you're, <laughs> now you're just missing necklace guy, middle infielder. Uh, guy. He didn't end his career playing middle infield, but that's where, when he produced, where he was. <laughs> Gosh. Oh. I can't believe the necklace thing. <laughs> yeah, the necklace one really throws me. That's I, I don't, you know. Uh, I, I mean, not A-Rod. Did he debut before you were born? Not A-Rod, and no, I don't believe so. He's probably, he can't be that much. He's seven years older than I am. What? That's relatively recent then. Okay. You're 14. Yeah. Uh. Hey, now. Let me see if I can pull up the years he did it real quick. That's a, yeah, that's okay. Now I have no idea. That's re- it's not each. Oh seven oh nine. Oh seven. Oh jeez. Oh seven and oh nine. Oh Hanley. Did it in- Hanley. Hanley. Hanley Ramirez. There it is. Yes. Bling bling bling. I would never remember him doubling up a three thirty batting average. He was wearing bling. I filmed a commercial with him a decade ago. I mean, look, he was the commercial. He was doing. This? He was the commercial. I was just there to like for a three second spot. I thought but Teddy Lee was the commercial man. That was a different commercial, but like <laughs> Hanley, his scene in that commercial was in a hot tub with like scantily clad women, and he had bling on. Man, let me like more than my car is worth. So you have I you have Hanley Ramirez in a hot tub with women in this chain, and you couldn't that didn't stick out in your mind at all. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no. That wasn't uh, the part that stuck out in my mind from like. Kyle, you should have. That should have been the, no. the, the the hint from. Yeah, you were once in a commercial with this guy. I wasn't looking yeah, at I, the blank. I, I All right, I'm, I want to keep my job. Thank you. That was it. Uh, uh, great trivia question by Kyle, and that was a good. I I enjoyed that a lot. That good. Um, yeah. good job. All right, good job out of you. All right, that is all for our show for today. There's only two weeks left of the baseball season, so we'd appreciate it if you keep on listening. But of course. Um, also patronize our friends on the fantasy football focused podcast because that's an everyday one and uh, you can watch them and they do their dances and all and they have lots of fun but this is baseball we'll be back um, I guess Tuesday and Thursday the final two weeks of the season to uh, sum things up predict and uh, do trivia and lots of other fun stuff for Kyle for Tristan I am Eric have an awesome weekend